Hey, it's Todd coming to you from the Sports and Spiritual Library here in Verona, Wisconsin, in my apartment. And doing a little, uh, doing a reading from my uh, recovery Bible. And um, it's going to be on Samuel, it's 2 Samuel 15. I've enjoyed reading this. There's some good stuff and there's good stories in here. And I've never read through the Bible like this. And read it, read it through it, read it off. Put it on the, uh, put it on the podcast. So, start here. Chapter 15 of Solemn's Rebellion. After this, Absalom, Absalom bought a chariot and horses, and he hired 50 bodyguards to run ahead of him. He got up early every morning and went out to the gate of the city. When people bought a case, bought a case to the king for judgment, Abbasalam would ask, "Where in the, where in Israel they were from?" And they would tell him their tribe. Then Abbasalam would say, "You've really got a strong case here. It's too bad the king doesn't have anyone to hear it. I wish I were the judge. Then everyone would bring their cases to me for judgment, and I would give them justice." When people tried to have, people tried to have, people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the, by the hand and kissed them. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the, uh, came to the king for judgment, and so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. After four years, Absalom said to the king. Let me go to Hebron to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill a vow I made to him. For for a while their servant was at Geshur and in Assam. I promised to sacrifice to the Lord in Hebron if he would bring me back to Jerusalem. All right, the king told him. Go and fulfill your vow. So Absalom went to went to Hebron, but while he was there, he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you bear, as soon as you hear the ram's horn, his message is read. You are to say, Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent to Ahithophel, Ahithophel, one of David's counselors who lived in Galab, Galau, Galau. So many others also joined Absalom and their conspiracy gained momentum. Fourteen twenty-eight through thirty-three on the bottom here is uh Absalom had been in limbo for five years. He was exiled for three years in Geshur. Then he spent two years in Jerusalem without speaking to his father. Finally, Absalom resorted to threatening to force contact with his father. But his reunion with David was far too was far too stilted and formal for genuine reconciliation. 
No tears were shed. No brokenness was evidenced. No effort was made to let to let the things to let things straight. The relationship between father and son was never restored. It seems that David gave Absalom only partial forgiveness. This led to bondage and bitterness between them and was probably worse than David giving no forgiveness at all. True forgiveness and reconciliation are an essential part of the recovery process. Forgiveness, definitely. You know, that's the thing is, is that the only thing we can do is do our part. You know, we can't control what other people think or what other, how other people react. And when they do, and if they do, great. They react, and I should say they react in a positive manner and forgive, and uh, show forgiveness in their actions. Great. Otherwise, like I say, you know, we can be responsible for ourselves and leave, you know, and not not take in all the take in negativity, their reaction to us if we react negatively, and we got we have to uh, we have to let it go with that. It's, and you know, when you're done, we need to say our prayer to the Lord, and He can uh, He can restore us. We don't need to be. We don't need to get all upset. Go talking trash about those guys, about the ones that didn't receive the forgiveness. The ones that didn't give us forgiveness. And, uh, you know, just let it go with that. For Absalom, it had been, it had been 11 years since the rape of Tamar, Tamat. It's just Tamar, I'm sorry. Nine years since his... Nine years since his murder of Amon, of Anan. Six years his return to Jerusalem and four years since his... Since his... Awkward reunion with David. He had given up hope of ever being truly reconciled with his father... Using religion as a, as a cover, Absalom led an open rebellion against David. In recovery, we are called to seek reconciliation with the people we have wronged. We must be careful not to not to delay. If we wait too if we wait too long, we may suffer as David did. That's up right there. Once we once we have wronged somebody, we need to make that we need to make our uh, we need to apologize to them and make it in an appropriate manner and not wait like three years. Well, I'm just joking, but no, we need to get to it as soon as possible. You know, once we realize we've wronged somebody and get to it, and you know, there's a part to us to say, you know, even if you have. You have something like you don't think you've wronged anybody. Well, take a look at it because you need you need still created a created a, created trouble with that next person. You need to be responsible for your part and say, "Hey, you know, I'm responsible for my part in what we just went through, and I apologize. I don't care if you're wrong or not. You know, you're, we're not the judge. God's the judge. We need to let go of that." You know, it's not up to us to say, it's not up to us to judge that. So we just need to apologize for our part in it. It's just simple and easy, you know. And, and that, what the problem is, is it's the ego. 
the ego doesn't want us to apologize because it's telling us, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. No, I'm not apologizing for that. Absolutely not. You know, that's ego. That's just causing trouble with us. You know what? Ego is edging God out. Edging God out. You look at that, what I just said right there, and no matter what, if we want to recover, we want reconciliation, that's what we need to do. And still, we're still not, we're still not, not going to be able to, we're still like, and we're still going to struggle with that reconciliation with the ego straight and go in there and, and try to steer the, try to steer the ship. So anyways, it's good reading. Um, So this is 2 Samuel 15, 1 through 26. And it's on the uh, top of the page. God granting the serenity to accept the things we cannot change. The courage to, to change the things we can. The things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. That prayer is... Uh, can be said in the we version and the I version. And what we do in AA is we say the I version before we start the meeting, and then afterwards we say the we version. And I like that. That's good stuff. I learned that about 28 years ago in treatment. No, I'm sorry, 27 years ago in treatment. And uh, that prayer has been essential for me in my life. I like to I like to slow down and take a look at it and see where I, so I, see where I can go with it and you know it's just good meditation you know it's it's so important to uh, you know yeah, look at the first part God grant me the serenity you know and that serenity is peace we don't have peace we pray for we pray for the serenity which is peace. Comes or it comes down our, our chattering in our head too. That's peace. And then we take a look at you know, and then we to accept the things I cannot change. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to change what people do or what people say. Power us over people, places, and things. And what happens a lot of, that I've seen is that we want to sit there and bicker with people. And I'm, I'm, I'm in that way too. You know, and, and reality was, if I would just let it go, it would be better. You know, instead of making the whole, the whole situation a lot worse. And... You know, when I, when I start, when I say this prayer and I look at it and I just look at the, uh, you know, we cannot change. To accept the things we cannot change. Powerless over people, places, and things. The courage to change the things I can. Now, we have power we change the things we can. Change our attitude. We can change our... our try to change our... the way we act around people. You know, and, and acting in a positive manner instead of a negative manner. We all know what, we all know what negativity is. We all know what, how it happens to when with us when we act, we react negatively. So, anyways... And the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. As we go on in AA, we start stockpiling. The, we, start, we start to stockpile wisdom. And how important it is to know that in the meetings and build our spiritual toolkit up. And uh, that's the wisdom. You know, as wisdom is no. To be able to reach in that spiritual toolkit when we need it. 
You know, and I take the St. Francis Xisi prayer and take a part of it too. It says, it is best to understand than be understood. And I look at how important that is to me. Because that way I don't have to sit there and keep and try to bicker with them or argue with them and try to, uh, you know, you don't understand what I'm saying. You don't make anything any difference that way. Love is so important to the uh, to us in recovery. Sometimes in recovery, we're on top of the world. We feel as though our problems are licked for good. At such times, it's tempting to relax and stop living one day at a time. But then life surprises us with an unexpected problem. Yes, the thing is, is that life is full of that unexpected problem, unexpected troubles, problems, and that's what we need to be in the. That's what we need to be in contact with the Lord, and we need to be in have. Lord in us to lead us to a better place because we're always going to have trouble in life. King David had reached a pinnacle of success. He had killed he had killed giants, won battles, captured the hearts of his people, and overcome enemies on every side. Well, he was he was comfortable position. He was surprised. He's surprised by a rebellion led by, led by his own men. A messenger soon arrives in Jerusalem to tell David, all Israel has joined. Absalom in conspiracy, urged his men, hurry, if we get out of this city before Absalom arrives. The Lord sees it, David said. We will, he, will bring, he will bring me back to, he will bring me back from disdain. If the, if the tabernacle If the tabernacle again. If the Lord, I'm so I'm gonna go back and reread this. If the Lord uses it, sees it, David said, He will bring me back to the ark and the tabernacle again. But if he has a through through with me, I'm sorry, if, but he is through with me, and then let him do what seems best to him. 2 Samuel 15, 13 through 14, 25 through 26. King David wisely accepted the reality at hand and responded to the situation as it was, not as he wished to be it to be. It seems that David was a little out of habit of relying on God day by day, but he quickly placed his life back in God's hands. God did protect him and returned him to the throne in Jerusalem. When the hits, when life hits us with unexpected, unexpected threats, we too should be reminded that our life needs to be in in God's in God's hands. One Chronicles 28, page 537 is where that comes from. I like that. I'm going to shut a door here.
quiets us down a little bit. People brought a case to the king for judgment. Absalom would ask, "Where, where in Israel were from?" And they would tell him their tribe. Absalom would say, "All right, I'm going back. I got, I got messed up here. I'm sorry." Absalom's rebellion. After this, Absalom bought a chariot and horses. I've already read that. I'm going on here. This book is so full of like. I love this book because of the content. It switches though, and it really screws me up. You know, it goes from the bottom of the page, the upper part of the page, to the lower part of the page, to the right, to the left. You know how it goes. You know, it's pretty cool actually. When you get when I read it right, David escapes from Jerusalem. A messenger soon soon arrived in Jerusalem to tell David, "All Israel has joined Absalom in a conspiracy against against you. Then we must flee at once, or it will be." Or it will be too late, David urged his men. Hurry, if we get out of the city before Absalom arrives. Both we and the city of Jerusalem will be spared from the from the disasters. From the disaster. We are with you, his advisors replied. Do what you think is best. So, the king and all his Household set out at once. He left no one behind except ten of his con, con, ten of his concubines to look after the palace. The king and all his people set out on foot. Pausing at the last house to let all king's men move past him to lead the way. There were 600 men from from Gath who had come with the who had come with David along the king's bodyguard. Then the king turned and told to Ittai, a leader of the men from Gath, why are you coming with us? Go on back to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. You arrived very recently, and should I force you today to wander with me? Don't even know where we will go. Go on back and take your take your kinsmen with you and the way the Lord show you unfailing love and faithfulness. But Etai said to the king, I vow by the Lord, by your own life, I will go wherever my Lord, the king go, or the king goes. No matter what happens, whether it means life or death. David replied, all right, come with us. So Atai and all his men and their families went along. Everyone cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. They crossed the Kindred Valley and then went out toward the wilderness. Sadak and all 
and all the Levites also came along, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God. Absalom offered sacrifices until everyone had passed out of the city. Then the king instructed Sadak to take the Ark of God back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will, he will bring the You'll bring one back to see the uh, the ark in the tabernacle again. But if he is through with me, then let him do what he seems. What he would do it, then let him do what seems best to him. That was tough. Sometimes we have to wait for God, you know, and just do stuff with faith. And if we don't do it with faith and trust, then we're going to be in trouble. Or we're just going to remain where we are. As King David came to came to Bahirin, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shemai, son of Gera, from the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here! You murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last, you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. Why should, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Abishai, son of Zeruai, demanded. Let me go over and cut off his head. No, the king said. Who asked your opinion? You sons of Zeruai. If the Lord has told him to curse me, who are you to stop him? Then David said to Abishai and to all, Pages stick together. Here we go. All right. Now, stay from, stay here in the town and send help if we need it. If you think that's the best plan, I'll do it, the king answered. So he stood alongside the gate of the town as all the people, as all the people marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. And the king gave this command to Job. Abishai said it's high. For any sake, deal gently with young Absalom and all the and all the troops. Heard the king give this order to his com commanders. So the battle began in force of Ephraim and the Israelite troops were beaten back by David's men. There was a great slaughter that day. 20,000 men laid down, men laid down their lives. 
The battle raged all across the countryside, and more men died because of his because of the forest than were killed by the by the sword. During the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his mule, but as he rode beneath the thick branches of his great tree, his bait, his halt, ah shoot, his hair got caught in the tree. He made, he made, his mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. One of, one of David's men saw what had happened and told, and told Job, I was Absalom's dangling from a great tree. What? Job demanded. You saw him there and didn't kill him? I would have rewarded you with ten pieces of, of silver. In a hero's belt, in a hero's belt, I would not kill the king's son for even a thousand pieces of silver. The man replied to Job, "We all heard the king say to you in Abishai and Etai, for my sake, please spare young Absalom. And if I had to betray the king by killing him, son." And the king would certainly find out who did it. You yourself would be the first to abandon me. Enough of the nonsense, Job said. Then he took three daggers and plunged them into Absalom's heart <coughs> as he dangled, still alive, in the great tree. Ten of Job's young armor Young armor beaters then surrounded Absalom and killed him. Then Joab blew the, blew the ram's horn, and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body into a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones over it. And all Israel fled to their homes. During his time, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to carry on any, any name. I have no son to carry on my name. He named the monument after himself and it's known as Absalom's monument to this day. It's pretty amazing all this stuff. You can go see this stuff. It's amazing. And uh, Jerusalem. Then Zadok Ahizmas said, let the run to the king with the good news that the Lord has rescued him from his enemies. No, Job told him. It won't be good news to the king that his son is dead. You can be any you can be my messenger another time, but not today. Then Job said to a man from from Ethiopia, "Go tell the king what you have seen." The man bowed and ran off. But Ahimaaz continued to plead with Job. Whatever happens, please let please let me go too. What should, why should I why should you go, my son? Job replied. There will be no reward for you, for your news. Yes, but let me go let me go anyway. He begged. Job finally said All right. Go ahead. So Ahimaaz told 
the less demanding route by the way of the plane and ran to Mahanaim ahead of the Ethiopian. While David was sitting between the between the between the listener and our gates, or between the inner and outer gates of the town, the watchman climbed to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked, he saw a long man running toward them. Lone man running toward them. He shouted the news down to David, and the king replied, If he is alone, he has news. As the messenger came closer, the watchman saw another man running toward toward them. He shouted down, Here comes another one. The king replied, He also will have news. The first man runs like a human... The first man runs like Ahismas out of the back, the watchman said. All right, I'm going to go down to the bottom of the page here and read something here quick. Absalom died a tragic death. A rebel a rebel and the victim of a broken relationship with his brother, with his father. He was a product, he was a product of, he was a product of unreconciled past. If we are, if we are driven by painful emotions of events from our past, we may not find ourselves fighting unnecessary battles and up to the early grave. As with Absalom, we may not be completely to blame for our broken relationships. We will we will be responsible to deal with the issues and seek reconciliation. If we don't see if we don't we will probably destroy Ourself and living and hitting all people, all the people close, close to its dawn, close to dawn as well. Yeah, David had a wicked past, but, you know, he's, that's what happens when we don't live right and live, that's where it takes us. You know, our, it mushrooms, it transforms into a bad, into a, transforms us into being people that we don't want to be. And, um, we transform into having a lot of pain. So we just have to keep right and keep our keep our faith and uh hope that we can do something very positive in life. Just keep concentrating on the Lord. Especially in these days. Joab rebukes the king. Words soon reached Job that the king was that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. 
as all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, his joy for his joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day, as though that as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The long covered the king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, Oh my son, Absalom, oh Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joel went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today, and the lives of your sons, your daughters, and your wives. And your and concubines. Yet you act like this, man. You act like, yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to have those. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems as if Absalom had lived and all of us had died. You would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops, for I swear by the Lord, if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you'll be worse off than ever before. So the king went out. So the king went out and took his seat at the talent gates. And as the men spread the, spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went into him. Everyone went to him. Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their, fled to their homes. And throughout all the tribes of Israel, there was much, there was much dissension or much discussion and argument going on. The people were saying, the king rescued us from the new enemies and saved us from the, saved us from the Philistines. But, Abraham, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, whom we anointed to rule ever so, is dead. Why not ask David to come back and be our king again? Then King David went to Zadok and he shot A priest, he said, to say to the elders of Judah, "Why are you, why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into this palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. You are my relatives, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. So why are you the last ones to welcome back the king?" David told them to tell David told them to tell Amazah, since you are my own flesh and blood like Job, may God strike me, even kill me if I do not if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amazah Convinced all the men of Judah, they responded unanim unanimously. They sent word to the king, Return to us and bring us all who are with you. So I'm going to read, read that. They sent word to the king, Return to us and bring back all 
who are with you. There is so much. There is no unity with that with that crew and tribe. And David's trying to keep it together, but he said such a wicked past, they don't believe in him. And he is the only one that uh he is the only one they want to be king. So that's where they're at. It's not a good spot. All right. I'm at the bottom of the page here that I went back a, went back a, page, a couple of pages. 1815, Absalom died a tragic death. I think I read that already. Yeah. Going over this part too, it's 1832-33. David could have avoided the great sorrow had been willing to forgive, to set things straight and to restore his relationship with Absalom. David had failed to seek reconciliation, and now it was too late. He could never have Absalom back. He could never make things right with him. Once again, as earlier with Anon, with Amnon, we see that the consequences of sin live long after the act itself. We also see the importance of reconciliation if we want to enjoy a successful future. 19.5-7 Joab was courageous to confront David about his improper behavior. David had failed to David had failed to thank his men for standing loyal to him throughout the Civil War. They deserved his grateful congratulations. Instead, David was mourning the loss of his son, who had also been the had been his enemy. Joab Johad intervention probably saved David's still study kingdom, still shaky kingdom. The conclusion of the criticism of a friend to sometimes the right medicine to prompt us to prompt action. Proverbs 27.6. Well, it says it all, you know, I mean, like I was just talking about David, it was just a, he struggled, and uh, he struggled with doing the right things, with doing the program of life. You know, we have the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is able to uh, give us strict directions that we fall, and if we don't fall, then we, re- then we can relapse. And if we don't relapse, it just becomes miserable. So it's, you know, it's never, it's never a, a good thing if we hold on to things that we know we should be holding on to, like making apologies and stuff like that. And, uh, and prayer is such a powerful, powerful unit to get right with God and pray and meditate with him. Prayer is taught. Prayer is taught. Meditation goes on in your mind. Either way, it works out really well. Well, David's return to Jerusalem. When 
he arrived at the Jordan River, the people of Judah came to Gilgal, Gilgal to meet him and expect and escort him across the river. Shemai, son of son of God, son of Gera, the man from Bahurim and Benjamin, hurried across. Okay, the man from Bahurim and Benjamin hurried across the man of Judah, the men of Judah, to welcome King David. A thousand other men than the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Ziba. Praying Ziha, the chief servant of the house of Saul. Ziha's 15 sons and 20 servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to meet the king. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king household across the river, helping him in every way they could. David's mercy to Shimei. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant and did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I, I know how much I sinned. That is why I have come here today. That the very first person in all of Israel to greet my king, my lord, the king. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said, Shemel, Shemel, should die, for he has cursed, he has cursed the, the Lord's anointed king. When I ask your opinion, you sons of you sons of Zerimai. David exclaimed, Why have you Why have you become my adversary today? This is not a this is not a day for execution, but it has celebration. Today Today I am once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shemai, turning to Shemai, David bowed. Your life will be spared. All right, that's where I'm going to stop at right there.